Good morning, folks. Hope you're having a great day. The last day of January already. I'm not, I don't know about you, but this month just simply flew by for me. And uh, we're getting closer and closer to the parade season starting this weekend. Everyone's monitoring the weather. Fingers crossed. Hopefully things change and we get it wrong again, hopefully for the benefit of our uh, parading crews got a great show lined up for you today but we're just going to jump right into it because we've got a lot of guests we've got a lot of material to cover a lot of territory as well ed michelle inspector general of the city of new orleans joins us to talk about the 2023 year in review ed welcome to the show good morning Newell. thanks for having me on Ed, a busy year for you a number of published reports i, I want to say some north of 18 is that Correct. Yeah. So um, uh, we have mitigated fraud, waste, and abuse at just unprecedented levels. We, uh, for 2023, produced um, 17, produced and disseminated 17 reports. Um, in addition to those 17 reports, letters, or in, in investigations, uh, we also identified or recovered uh, about 4.2 million dollars in connection with wasteful and/or fraudulent spending. Um, and, you know, and, and keep in mind, last year our budget was about $3.2 million. Absolutely. Um, some of the highlights, let's go through them. So, so yeah, our, our accomplishments have, I mean, have been simply amazing. When, um, when uh, more than $1 million in uh, city funds was transferred to a, a nonprofit, uh, we issued subpoenas on uh, September 22nd. Um, of 2022 regarding uh, certain financial transactions at FTNO, and um, on uh, February 9th, uh, the bank um, responded by furnishing a check to the city of New Orleans in the amount of one million and sixty-three thousand dollars, advising that the the nonprofit was being disbanded. Um, we will issue a report on Forward Together New Orleans in the near future, but. That was a one million sixty three thousand dollar recovery at one at one time. So that was that was pretty good money to get back for the citizens of New Orleans. And that's the not for profit that the that the mayor started, right? As kind of an arm of the city. Or an attempt that's to be right. an arm of the city, right? Yeah, yep, yep. And so um, you know, the city, you know, in, in this instance, you know, we, we have, you know, very limited resources, and we have to make sure that these resources are, are being utilized in an efficient and, and effective manner. When um, uh, the Sewage and Water Board attempted to raise customer rates before collecting valid debts, uh, we, we looked into that matter, um, you know, and, and the Sewage and Water Board admitted that they had about $152 million in uncollected debts, you know, and, and that figure was associated with about 50,000 accounts, all of, half of which were inactive. And, you know, it, it's been no secret over the last couple of years that the Sewage and Water Board has experienced multiple well-publicized issues regarding customer billing. And so um, we decided to take a look at that, and then we recommended that the Sewage and Water Board utilize the tools currently at its disposal uh, to increase the, the, the customer confidence, but um, their failure to collect millions of dollars in delinquent accounts along with a proposed rate hike was just not commensurate with efficiency. And so we recommended that they hold off on that rate increase and collect the valid debt old, which they said that they would do, and they rescinded their rating increase, uh, effectively saving their customers about 3 to 
and uh, there have been uh, improvements in that respect, right? They, they are. They are working um, towards the implementation of smart meters to ensure that there is a proper reflection of the amount of uh, water used. Um, in in uh, 2024, we are going to produce a report regarding uh, water loss um, and how that water loss affects the city. You know, it, when the city captures water and treats it for potable use, it that's at a cost to the city. And some of that water is going right back into the ground from loss due to um, insufficient pipes. So um, we are going to come up with a figure on how much money is actually being lost to the city. And I, I think the citizens are going to be very interested in that report. Absolutely. Uh, other reports? Yeah, when we, um, when, we, when we recommended that the city honor its commitment to earn fair market rent for all publicly owned properties, we suggested that they place the mayor's apartment back on the rolls simply because uh, the French market corporation was not collecting fair market value uh, for this apartment. And, um, and keep in mind uh, that, you know, the city is committed to maintaining fair market value for all publicly owned property. And, you know, we believe that at the time the mayor's personal use of the apartment was a possible brand of compensation um, in violation of, you know, the city code. We recommended that they relinquish the apartment back into the rent rolls, which the city declined. But ultimately, the city council passed an ordinance um, making it so. So that's another forty-six thousand uh, dollars per year that the city is going to be collecting in perpetuity. Um, you know, perhaps one of the biggest indicators of success for us is when laws and ordinances are created uh, pursuant to our reports and, and recommendations, and, that, and that's exactly what what happened here. Yeah, very controversial issue as well. As we all know, the mayor pushed back on believing that she had some kind of, I don't know, property right or some right to this apartment. Never did understand um, the argument there, but uh, obviously a successful conclusion. Yes, yes. And, you know, for us, I mean, if, if, if the city takes the stance that it wants to um, collect fair market value for all publicly owned properties, there were 50 apartments there. There's no reason why all 50 of those apartments should not be utilized for the intended purpose, you know. And when when we um, we we conducted a performance appraisal of the Orleans Parish Communications District, uh, you know, and the um, the objective of that audit was to determine if OPCD credit card expenditures were business related and allowed by law. And uh, the results of that audit determined that um, purchases made by the OPCD. Uh, violated their own policy about 44% of the time in the amount of about $220,000 during that three-year scope. Um, we also found another uh, $204,000 where receipts were not uploaded into the credit card system and um, about $8,000 in goods and services that appeared to lack a public purpose. Um, and so in, in total, several hundreds of thousands of dollars in expenditures that um, were not in compliance with um OPCD policy, as well as uh, potential portions of the Louisiana Constitution. And this was one of those situations where we weren't actually able to recoup dollars, but we eliminated that practice, and it was predominantly, if my memory serves me correct, one or two employees over there that were the the uh, primary offenders as it relates to the violation of the internal rules. 
So, yeah. So when they were spending their money, it, it, that normally falls on the director of the, the facility itself. As you know, the, the person as the executive manager. And um, we have also initiated another uh, report on our monthly report, which is going to focus on the hexagon contract over at the OPCD. And then, as you know, we also conducted an investigation of the OPC director for his involvement in an automobile accident uh, with the city vehicle and his subsequent actions to circumvent the policy um, by altering the, the documents, which ultimately led to a new director being appointed to the OPCD, which is a critical part of our New Orleans um, critical infrastructure. So we, we are hoping them much success in the future because we all need the 911 center to operate efficiently. And they abandoned the hexagon contract as a result of um, kind of questions being asked and uh, policies being violated, right? That's, that's, that's correct. And our monthly report is going to focus on the um, contract itself. Um, were certain portions of this contract approved and uh, was the money uh, that was spent on it um, appropriate given the fact that the um, limitations of the software that were that they were trying to purchase would not meet the demands of uh, the 911 center or the city as well. So, you know, like I said, we we cannot throw away money. We have to be good stewards with the limited resources we have. And and you have to adhere to contemporary practices, right? I mean, you know, you've got all kinds of issues, bond ratings, all kinds of different things. I mean, this work is necessary work to make sure that people are following the rules. And also what's not quantified here is how much money uh, you prevented by being spent foolishly, illegally, unethically, or otherwise um, by getting in there and eliminating the practice, correct? That's correct. I mean, and, you know, we're the gift that, that essentially will keep on giving because once we identify um, and mitigate that uh, fraud, waste, abuse, or wasteful spending – you know, it's it's our hope that that cost savings is going to continue on in the in the future, and it will set a good example. Yep. You know, for instance, when when we discovered that the New Orleans Police Department Executive Protection Team was severely lacking in the basic functions to ensure the safety, not only of this mayor but of future mayors. You know, we determined that that they were operating without policies in place to guide its its operations, and you know, this is no small amount of money, Newell, the, the city last year spent about $414,000 to operate the mayor's executive protection team. So we we believe that they need to have policies and procedures to ensure efficiency and, and effectiveness going forward. And we have made several suggestions to ensure that this executive protection team um, in the future will have those efficiencies um, and will ensure the protection of our um, mayor and, and future mayors. Because it's important. Yep. No, absolutely. And everyone always wondered why there was no, uh, no, no protocols set up, no uh, policies that, that, that were provided, and, and not a lot of training either, right? Well, we, we observed that there was um, actually very little training, and um, their chain of command was perhaps not as vibrant as it could be. Um, in addition, we reviewed a, about a 67-day period in which the mayor utilized the apartment often on a daily basis in late hours of the night and early morning hours. 
in in one instance the, the security team dropped the mayor off and the, the mayor was seen speaking with a man who had been sleeping on the front porch there and the the person approached the mayor with a bottle in their position you know fortunately nothing happened but i mean if we're going to spend four hundred thousand dollars to protect our mayor then we should have our mayor protected to ensure that they are safe um and that is in fact the the threshold question, getting the appropriate return on your investment. If, because of these failures, something ultimately happens to the mayor, the $414,000 that you have spent is all for naught, right? Yes, and so with with the policies and the suggestions, you know, we, we believe that they will now have someone coordinating the day-to-day activities. We um, are hopeful that they will be conducting site surveys in coordination with executive protection protocols, you know, to ensure that her speaking engagements um, are um, safe. And when she performs these appearances, they are doing an an appropriate threat assessment before and after, you know, like I said, to ensure that the safety of the mayor is, is, I mean, it's, it's paramount to all city operations. Um, I wanted to touch base briefly on um, um, House Bill 546 that, that was signed into law. It's, um, it, it makes homestead exemption fraud a crime. This, this, this perhaps has been one of our most significant re- reports. Um, our homestead fraud initiative has identified to date, Newell, probably about 200 residences that were enjoying a homestead exemption despite the homeowners being deceased, in some cases, for several years, um, this this new um, assessments will ensure additional revenue for the city in the hundreds of thousands of dollars, if, if not millions of, do- of dollars, in the you know in the near future. No, absolutely. And um, where is the breakdown? Did have we ever figured out? Um, are, you know, that we're not hitting the appropriate databases to stay current as it relates to the tax rolls and, and the claim for a homestead exemption? Well, so I, I think some of the breakdown, which I, I'm hopeful has been corrected, um, the was the potential lack of communication with, between the State Department of Treasury, the City Bureau of Treasury, as well as the assessor's office them, them, themselves. Um, to ensure that um, the Homestead Exemption Act is not violated, it requires vibrant communication between all three of those entities um, after the information is provided and verified to ensure that individuals who have deceased have been de- deceased no longer earn a homestead exemption. It's um, you know, and 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 like in in this case. You know, these people have been deceased for, you know, in, in some cases, 15 years, 10 to 15 years. So they just have to do a better job of ensuring that they coordinate their resources effectively to make sure that these are done in an efficient and effective manner. And I'm, I'm hopeful that that will happen going forward. Uh, Ed, uh, we we will have you on again. We want to get through the rest of it. Uh, we have a bunch of pressing issues that we had to cover today because there are votes that are being taken tomorrow. But we most appreciate you joining us again today to to go through some of the uh, the highlights of the work that you and your team did in 2023. You have a very dedicated team, and I know a lot of people uh, that I talk to and I hear it all the time. They really appreciate the work that the Office of Inspector General is doing.
Yep, we are we are here to mitigate fraud, and we will continue to do it in an unapologetic fashion. So, if any of your listeners have anything that they'd like to pass on to us, they can do it un- anonymously through our website at www.nolaoig.gov. Thank you, sir. Pre- really appreciate your time and your insight. Have a great weekend. Thank you, sir. We'll be right back, folks. 504-260-1870 on the Oakland Heart Jewelers Talk and Text Line. When we come back, we'll visit with David Cresson, Director of Coastal Conservation of Louisiana. A vote tomorrow on pogey fishing, Manhattan Reduction Harvest Buffer Zone that's being considered one mile from the shoreline. We'll talk about that when we return. 